1: Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith with a cutting edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, have you ever felt like your life is more akin to a war zone than a tranquil oasis? Well, if that's you, fear not. There is hope. Because tonight we are bringing you part five in our series of New Year's messages entitled Peace in the Midst of the Battle. Oftentimes when we hear the word battlefield, we quickly envision a literal battlefield with bombs going off and machine gun fire all around. Soldiers are running, people are screaming, and chaos ensues. But have you ever considered that there's an intense battle raging in your thoughts on a daily basis? A battlefield of the mind but don't despair there is some good news in the midst of this battlefield but if you want to find out you're gonna have to stay tuned for this and much much more for we are not pretending we are contending for the faith dr. Buckner how are you tonight brother Gary I'm truly blessed and thank you so much for
2: that uh, introduction And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And we've been talking about this series on uh, peace in the midst of the battlefield. And we need that peace today because everywhere you turn, there is a battle, a battle in our own hearts Battle in our homes, battle in our marriages, battle in our communities, battles with the government, battles on the job, battle f- feels everywhere you turn in this world. Battles regarding racism, discrimination. We can go on and on, infinitum agnosium, with no end. And my friend, I just want to kind of like just uh, encourage you tonight— that when you don't have the peace of God, you bring upon yourself severe consequences. And I don't know how many sermons you've heard on this about the results of what can happen to a person without the peace of God. And the peace of God is something that keeps our sanity in the midst of an insane world. And so I'm going to talk about uh, these five points uh, or five ways we are afflicted when we lack the peace of God. And we said last week we talked about spiritual affliction. Spiritual affliction, that's number one. Now, this spiritual affliction comes upon us when we are not In the Word of God, when we're not into prayer, and we're not into the armor of God, and we're not being accountable, and we don't have the wisdom of God guiding us, and uh, we open up the door for spiritual affliction in our lives, because the only way we're going to keep the enemy from robbing us of our peace and joy is to be spiritually equipped, spiritually in the Word and have the Word of God in us and to be up on prayer and prayer up on you. So this is the first point that we talked about last week. Tonight I want to talk about the second affliction, emotional affliction, emotional affliction. Now, underneath this emotional affliction, I want to share with you these points underneath this emotional affliction. What does emotional affliction bring to us? You know, see, there's many things that it brings to us, you know, because, uh, you know, if you don't have the breastplate of righteousness uh, controlling your heart— and, and protecting your heart, that's one of the pieces of the armor in Ephesians 6, then your emotions and your heart can go places that you wish you would have never gone. The results of emotional affliction are these things, and this is five points under the, this emotional affliction. Number one is anxiety. Anxiety, this is under the emotional affliction. Anxiety gives birth to stress, worry. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 6, don't take no thought for tomorrow, for there's enough evil in itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We get into so much trouble not seeking God first. We seek our emotions first and our emotions create in us anxiety, stress, worry, fear, panic, extreme mood swings, even uncontrollable anger. This is the number one sign of no peace, is anxiety. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe that? Are you practicing that? Because we have a lot of troubled hearts today that's taking us to, you know, the morgue, taking us to the emergency ward, hospitals. Anxiety is the number one sign of no peace. Once you feel a bit of anxiousness within you and you stop to not identify the source of that anxiety, It will take you places that you wish you never have gone. Anxiousness expresses a lack of peace of God. Oh, you start to worry. You start to fear. You start to, oh, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to make it. Wait, wait, wait. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. You know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You got to look to the Word of God. That devil likes to whisper things. Oh, God is not going to come through. You tell him that he's a liar and the father of all lies because God promised you. So you got to come back with the devil with Scripture. But a lot of times we come back with the devil with emotions. We come back with the devil with anxiety. We come back at the devil with fear. And the devil just sits back and he laughs at us because you cannot defeat the enemy by Emotional afflictions, giving in to it. See, it's so important for all of us to realize that Satan likes to work behind emotional, quick anxiety and fear. We have to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Because if you lose, God's peace, then you lose God's confidence and ability to help you and protect you and deliver you because you're controlled by anxiety, and anxiety can lead to a hot-tempered person, anger that's out of control. And then when you get into an anxiety mood, the second point under this is eating disorders. See, anxiety always creates eating disorders. Some people not knowing how to handle anxiety start to build in within themselves to overeat or to undereat. So you're either overeating or you're not eating at all. Or you get to the place where you just lose an appetite. Eating disorders eventually leads to health challenges and can lead to death. And all of this stems back to what I'm saying. Are you hearing me? Are you listening? It stems back to a lack of peace of God. When I'm in the Word of God daily, when I'm into prayer daily, that will give anxiety and fear and stress a black eye. But when I'm not in the Word of God, and I'm not into prayer, and I'm not into the armor, then I'm going to be dictated by emotions and feelings. See, feelings, the, that F that overtakes the other F, which is faith. Faith should guide our feelings. There's nothing wrong with feelings and emotions if it's guided by faith. That's the way God wants it. Number three, instability. Eating disorders leads to instability. What is that? It's a lack of peace of mind that can lead to instability, not stability. See, God wants you to have stability. The instability leads to the fact of a lack of peace. You may find yourself doing one thing now. This is the instability. Let me tell you what that is. Let me break it down to you what that is, instability. We meet so many people, we know so many people who are like this in our homes, in our churches, sometimes even in our marriages, instability. Instability is the result of a lack of peace of mind, and that leads to instability. What is that? You find yourself doing one thing now, and the next minute, The very opposite thing. One minute you're happy, the next minute you're not happy. You're sad. One minute you're rational, the other minute you're irrational. One minute you're logical, and the next minute you're illogical. At one point you seem to know what you want to do, and then all of a sudden that's thrown out the window. You don't know what to do. This is a dangerous part of a negative part of a person being into instability. And then the fourth point is this, prolonged sorrow. Prolonged sorrow, it saps us of the energy and hinders you from the actively going ahead to do what you need to do. See, this instability feeds into a prolonged sorrow, and it puts you into a spiritual bipolar mentality. You know, there, there's such a thing as a spiritual bipolarism. Did you not know that? You just have these mood swings where you're up and down, and you panic so easily, and you get into a pity party, boo-hoo me, and you just feed into prolonged sorrow. And prolonged sorrow leads to depression and a bad state of mind. And it leads to a hopelessness that is not of God. Now, let me say this in closing. You know what God wants to give you tonight and every day in your life? I'm going to say this, and I want you to write it down. God wants to give you three H's. The first H she wants to give you, and use this when you're in your counseling, in your family, in your ministry, and everything. God wants to give you three H's to help you with all of these things I mentioned. One is help. That's the greatest prayer that you can pray. Peter, when he was sinking, he cried out, help. Your your prayer doesn't have to be always long. Help me on the freeway. Help me with my marriage. Help me with my children. Help me with my finances. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Help me with my anger. The second H God wants to give you is healing. Once he helps you, he will heal you. And you, we need healing today internally and externally and mentally and emotionally. And the third H is hope. We need hope. These three H's right here will save your life. It will deliver your life. It will revolutionize your life. Never forget those three H's. Help, healing, and hope in a hopeless world. There are a lot of people putting dope in their veins, but not hope in their brains. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding these
1: three H's. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. That number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 888 do not be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call. We're here to entertain your questions, comments, and concerns. If you, have, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Give us a call. That number again is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the calls, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. If you need prayer, once again, we want to pray with you and help you through tough times. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. We always say prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. So don't wait around till you can think of nothing else. I guess I better pray. No, you should be praying first when the thing happens. Make sure that you're praying right away. So we want to encourage you. Um, speaking of prayer, we want to begin by thanking everyone who's been praying for contending for the faith. And without your diligent prayers, we would never have been on the air as long as we have. Uh, we also want to thank those who have given over the last week David, Jackie, Ken, Sandra, and Alfred. Uh, we really appreciate all you who have stepped up to the plate to help us financially. We could not continue this ministry without your uh, continued, consistent Prayers and your continued, consistent financial support to partner with us in this ministry. It costs us four hundred a week to stay on the air, and and we are listener supporters, so we need your support. We need your help. As of right now, we have ten dollars toward tonight's program. So you can see, we are in need, and we need you to step up t- again tonight and uh, continually, uh, consistently, so that it's not a thing every week where we're having to put this. Uh, passionate plea out. You know we want to get ahead of the curve, and we know that with uh, your help and the grace of God, we can do that. <clears throat> so, if you've enjoyed Doctor Bugner's teaching and this program, you know again consider partnering with us financially. Maybe God has blessed you financially. It might be through your tax refund or or something. Some people even include ministries in their will. You know what a wonderful way to invest your treasures for eternity, as Jesus said, there are two. Jesus said, you know, there's, there's two ways you can donate. S- send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Or you can simply go online to contendingfaith.org contendingfaith.org, and hit the donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Uh, You'll be sending that blessing ahead of you, and uh, it will impact lives right now. It's an amazing thing. We probably will not know the extent of the blessings that you are giving until we get to the other side. This ministry has been on the air for 19 years, and thousands upon thousands of people have tuned in and listened over that 19 years. And how many of them have been impacted by the generosity of those who have given to this ministry? It's an amazing, amazing thing. So we want to encourage you. Don't think your money is just going into, an, into a black hole. No, it's not. It's going toward touching lives for eternity. So con- consider partnering with us. Once again, there's two ways to give. You can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920, or go on to contendingfaith.org and hit the donate button. It's that simple. So speaking of that simple, it's that simple for you to be able to meet Dr. Buckner coming up on Monday, February 11th. That's this Monday, isn't it, Dr. Buckner? Just right, right, right around, around the, the corner. Right around the corner. He's going to be teaching a class uh, entitled, What Does It Mean to Be an Extreme Disciple? We talk about extreme sports and extreme uh, cage matches and extreme this, but have you ever considered being an, an extreme disciple? Well, this class is going to give you a new insight into discipleship and what does it mean. So we want to encourage you. This is a five-week class that will be taught by Dr. Buckner And it'll be a great opportunity for you to take advantage of of his many years of training and get to meet him and uh, ask questions and just totally be blessed. It's going to be at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. And it begins this Monday, starts at uh, 6.30 p.m. And the class goes from Monday, February 11th to March uh, the 11th. So we want to encourage you. If you're interested in this class, and I can't encourage you enough to take it, contact Dr. Buckner at area code 415-721-1778, or you can email him at jlbcftf at comcast dot net. That's jlbcftf at comcast dot net. So we want to encourage you. Give him a call, email him, and uh, take advantage of this opportunity, Dr. Buckner.
2: Thank you, Brother Gary. All righty. Well, we appreciate uh, uh, everyone tonight bearing with us and being blessed by the program. And we're looking forward to uh, some of you coming over for the class, and we're looking forward to others stepping up uh, to support the ministry as well. Um, well, what we're going to do right now, we are going to get to our callers. Let's do that, Brother Gary.
1: All right. We're going to Brother CC on line
2: one. Brother, Brother CC, how are you doing this evening? How you guys doing? We are truly blessed. How about yourself?
3: It's been a pretty rough week.
2: Uh huh. Well, we hope that the message uh, helped you in the midst of that rough week.
3: Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you did. You gave me, you gave me a lot. You gave me a lot to work with. So I, I just got to uh, put in my part now.
2: Uh huh. What stood out in uh, ministering to you uh, in relationship to the hard week that you've had? What did you hear tonight that encouraged you?
3: Well, you talked about spiritual affliction and then and then you had you had brought it on down to um that it leads to anxiety and anxiety leads to um depression and you talked about all the different components that come along with it and you know and then you gave you gave um yeah yeah you you basically you made it well, a person you laid you you told how a person feels hopeless you know what i'm saying and that's you know and that's i mean i've been I've been depressed this week you know so and you, but you gave, um, not only gave what the problems was, but you gave what the believer needs to, to do in, in the midst of that. And you talked about, you know, prayer reading your Bible, which I do that. I do pray and read my Bible, but I see that I need to bump it up more and read it, you know, spend some more time in it, you know, reading it and, uh, giving it to God and things like that. So, I mean, it was very, it was very encouraging, you know, very encouraging and, and you know, and you hit on a lot of different points, you know, from a practical level and a theological level. So I was able to take it in. And, um, I'm not taking this situation lightly because I know you, you talked about how it could lead to, you know, health problems and it could even lead to death. And so, you know, I know a lot of times, a lot of people at an early age that get out of here and, and the stress can take you out. And so that stood out to me, you know, you know, life is precious and, you know, I wouldn't want to get out of here before my time.
2: That's right. That's what the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, said, uh, why should you die before your time? And I did a series on that one time, and a lot of people got blessed by that. So good response. Just, uh, you know, apply it, and God will uh, bring great results in your life.
1: Stay encouraged, brother. You know, one of the really important things is we weren't designed to walk through life alone. Mm -hmm. And when we have moments like we feel hopeless. We should have some folks in our lives at least, a, you know, a two to three good Christian brothers or sisters that we can call and say, "Hey, can you pray for me? Can you lift me up? I'm going through something right now." You know, so don't let yourself be isolated and you just think you have to deal with this on your own and because that's when we really struggle. We really struggle because it's, it's we're just not designed to go through life alone. Mhm. That's so true. Thank you. Yeah, so really uh, apply uh, what
2: what you're learning with all these messages and what we've been encouraging you on, uh, and uh, you know God will take you to a whole nother level in your walk and with everything else that you need to do uh, for Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me give you a scripture with that too, um, and, and others may want to write this down as well. Uh, in terms of accountability, as Gary was saying. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4 and verses 9 through 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. It says, two are better than one. Wow, that's powerful. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he has not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But now how can one be warmed alone? So that is a powerful scripture that uh, you want to take heed of and apply that uh, as well. Did you get that?
3: Yeah, you said this is Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, right? Correct. I got it, got it. I'm, I'm gonna, be, I'm on it.
2: I'm on it. Oh, good, good. Really look at that and apply it as well. Well, what's on your heart tonight regarding uh, your uh, question?
3: I want to ask you a, a question in uh, Romans chapter five. It's a verse and verse that uh, stood out at me. I've, I've read it before, but it um, stood out to me more today it's in Romans chapter five, verse seven.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, why don't you read that?
3: Okay, and, uh, it says. In Romans five verse seven says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die.
2: Right. That's a good uh, verse of scripture. And what Paul is doing here uh is um he's making a comparison. You want to make a note of that. He's making a comparison between um a Righteous man and a good man. And, you know, because there's so much talk about righteous men and good men. But that's really not Paul's really uh, uh, argument or point, even though he's bringing it out. Um, Because people in that day always talked about a righteous man and a good man. But it was not, it was uncommon To talk about somebody sacrificing and dying for your sins. (laughs) So Paul is saying this is a higher superiority thing over the so called righteous man or a good man, and he's making an, an oxymoron point, saying, Yeah, we hear this talk about a righteous man and a good man, but I want to take it to a whole different level. There is a person named Jesus Christ who is far beyond a righteous man and a good man, because he's the really the God man that died on the cross as a sacrifice for one sin. And so when you when you when Paul argues the point, he's simply saying that let's focus on the one who sacrificed his life for one sin, for the whole world's sin. And that's what he did. He died for the sins of the whole entire world. That's what John says in his epistles. So that's how you kind of like look at the point that Paul is making. Uh, He's just simply letting them know uh, that Paul's point is that we are neither of these persons, yet Christ sacrificed himself for our sins, and what he did, no so-called righteous man nor good man, can even put himself in that boat level because Christ is in a boat all to himself, the fact that he died. And then most of the righteous men and good men uh, positionally won't even take it that far as saying, I'm going to die for you on a cross. How many people do you know that will do that? Now that's a real righteous man. That's a real good man uh, to go on that cross and die for the sins of the whole world and you can challenge a, a, one of the most righteous person that you meet and one of the most uh a person that you meet that's so called good and say would you go on that cross and hang on that cross and die for me and in my place you know most of the people will say no but Christ said yes that's the comparison so hopefully that helps out
4: that
3: was very clear. I think a lot. I appreciate
2: it. Yeah. Let's have a quick prayer. We only have a minute before the commercial. Let's find out what your prayer request is, and then Gary's going to pray for that. We only have about a minute left to go.
3: Uh, just pray for me and my family, my mother, Rosalina, and um, Nick Cannon, and uh, the singer Justin Bieber.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. Lord, we just thank you for Brother CeCe. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless his family, that you would encourage him as well, Lord God. Help him to have, have, have that uh, assurance in his life, have hope in his life, be free from anxiety and depression, Lord God. We pray for his mother, Rosalinda, and his family. We pray for the entertainers, uh, Nick Cannon, Justin Bieber, that you would send folks to them, Lord God, that um, would share Christ with them, that they would be exposed to a saving knowledge of you, Lord God, and, and come to faith. We pray, Lord God, that you would continue to be with CC, meet every need that's represented in his life, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, CC, for your call and your question. God bless you.
3: Thank you, God. Thank you. God bless You're you
1: too. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecture, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And once again, we want to thank everyone who has been praying for us. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of prayer power coming through these airways, and we feel it every week, and we thank you for it. And we want to thank all of you who have also partnered with us financially here at Contending for the Faith. It's so important that we have your continued prayers and your continued financial support in order to remain on the air. It costs 400 a week for us to do this broadcast, and, you know, Dr. Buckner and I, we don't take a dime from the ministry at all. I come from Sacramento. He comes from Tiburon, San Rafael. We make long trips every week to be on the air and to do what God has called us to do. And God has blessed us uh, for that, too. We we want to make that clear that we are truly blessed to be able to do what we do every week. But we need your help in order to continue to do it, in order to continue to give reasons and answers for faith, in order to continue to encourage and uh, bless folks with uh, the Word of God and, and and speak that truth so that lives are touched and impacted through Jesus Christ. And so it's so vitally important. And we want to encourage you, partner with us with your prayers and partner with us financially. There's two ways you can give. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box five five three. Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Once again, we want to remind you, uh, next Saturday we will be uh, out of the studio, so we will not have a live broadcast. We'll be airing one of the best of Contending for the Faith, Dr. Buckner, uh, and his wife are going out to... uh, Well, it's Valentine's weekend, and uh, we want to just take some time to be with our families. And uh, so we're going to take that Saturday off, and uh, we want to encourage you, continue to listen. You'll be blessed, uh, but you won't be able to phone in. We'll be back in studio the following weekend. Also, Dr. Buckner begins a new class this Monday, February the 11th, and it's entitled, What Does It Mean to Be an Extreme Disciple? Uh, So you know it's a 5 week class Dr. Buckner will teach on how most Christians even many in the church have never been taught about what it means to be a true extreme disciple of Christ so we want to encourage you this is going to be a great time uh, a great opportunity to meet Dr. Buckner and take advantage of his 40 years of, of training uh, it's going to be held again this beginning this Monday February 11th at 6:30 p.m. at the East Bay Baptist Association Uh, building located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. If you're interested in this class, give Dr. Buckner a call at area code 415-721-1778. That's area code 415-721-1778. It's not too late to get into the class. Or you can email him at jlbcftf at comcast.net. That's jlbcftf at comcast.net next.
2: Dr. Bugner. Thank you, Brother Gary, and we're going to get right to our callers. Who do we have next? Uh, Brother Rick has been waiting patiently. Brother Rick, how are you doing Uh, this evening?
4: I am blessed, and how about yourself?
2: We are truly blessed and uh, highly favored in the Lord, and we trust that you got encouraged by the Word tonight. Uh,
4: Definitely. It's what you said at the end that really had an impact on me.
2: Uh Uh-huh, and what was that?
4: And It's a reminder, because, you know, you God wants to help us, he wants to heal us, too. Mm-hmm. So those three H's.
1: Mm-hmm. And give you hope.
4: And, give, and the hope. Amen. So we to give an answer and share our hope with other people, too. We, we, he gives us hope, and we, he gives us hope to share with others. Mm-hmm. So
1: that that's even powerful, too. That's right. Scripture How, says he's the God of all comfort, and with the same comfort he comforts us, he would have us comfort others. So, yeah, you're right on hmm Very
4: yeah, good. Yeah, I'll get into my question just for the sake of time.
1: Okay,
2: and what's on your heart?
4: All right. The question I'm going to have today is, what does the Bible say about capital punishment?
2: hmm Wow, that's a good question. Um, The Bible has a lot to say about capital punishment, and I did a teaching series on this many, many years ago and uh, it was uh, it blessed a whole lot of people. But we're living in a, a culture, a world, let me say this as openers, a culture and a world by which uh, liberal judges and lawyers uh, are making a lot of money getting rich off of our taxes uh, and stuff like that uh, for allowing criminals to uh, live in prison the rest of their lives Uh, And uh, God, uh, according to the book of Psalms, will uh, judge these judges uh, and lawyers one day because they haven't executed uh, justice the right way. You know, Amos tells us in Amos 5 and 24, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Uh, Then the second thing I want to say this is that um, I want to share with you Eight points regarding uh, how the Bible teaches in uh, capital punishment and some of you out there listening might want to make a note of this and write it down I think it'll be helpful to you uh, when this subject matter comes up Um, and by the way uh, I believe that uh, even people that are aborting children should be held accountable in this area too because uh, it's murder you know, and uh, yet they say, "Well, you know, the uh, uh, parent could, uh, a mother can do what she wants to do with her body." No, your your body is not yours. God created your body, and you need to have it in alignment to what God says. Now, the eight points is this: a lot of people uh, start off with um, talking about uh, capital punishment from Genesis nine and six. I'm going to take it a step back. Okay before that because capital punishment now this is going to be a shock to a lot of people that hear this capital punishment started in the garden of eden that's number one because god said uh, if you eat of this fruit he told adam and eve you will surely die that was a capital crime and it fell on the entire human race that's why we all die you know and capital punishment has to do with you dying so capital punishment started in the Garden of Eden. Make a note of that. That's very important to know. The second point is this. Uh, Genesis 9 and 6, God, this is a moral law. It hasn't changed. God says in Genesis 9 and 6, Whosoever shed in man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, because man was created in the image of God. So God uh, gave a moral law right there in Genesis 9 and 6, and it has not changed even today, even though the culture has changed, liberal uh, states have changed, but God's word has not changed. It says Jesus is same yesterday, today, and forever in Hebrews 13, and that's the way our culture should be dictated as well. Number three, the third area where it teaches capital punishment, and a lot of people are going to be shocked by this, is the flood, okay? So... When you dealt with the flood, that was like a capital punishment on humanity. And literally, uh, when a person do a lethal injection, they not only use other chemicals, but they use water with that. So the flood was another capital punishment. Number four, the Mosaic Law taught in capital punishment. It was a... Capital crime, to kill somebody else and you would be killed along with other things. Well, let's get to the New Testament now. Some people say, well, Jesus never taught on capital punishment. Be careful. Jesus taught on capital punishment because he taught, he that uses the sword shall perish by the sword. That's capital punishment right there. If you use the sword on somebody, you're going to perish by the sword as well. In Romans 13... This is number uh, six Romans thirteen uh, talks about for the rulers. Verse three, the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. And then verse four, for he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. Notice that they uses the word sword. That is a a word for execution. And uh, for a capital crime, and Jesus uses the word sword as well, which is referring to that as well. Um, then number seven, uh, Jesus never did rebuke capital punishment, even on the cross, because he let justice be uh, done. Because if he was against it, he would rebuke uh, the Roman authorities for that, but he let punishment be done and then number eight paul when he was traveling to rome as a prisoner he never rebuked the soldiers the roman soldiers for a capital punishment of others he just defended himself because he didn't do anything wrong so hopefully these seven these eight points that i mentioned here it's been helpful to you because especially you know when you lay out all of these things and especially going back to the Garden of Eden, a lot of people don't think about capital punishment begin in the Garden of Eden. Hopefully that helps you out.
4: Amen, it really does. And I, and I realize there's even more There's even more than just those eight coins as well mm-hmm. where capital punishment has been applied.
2: Oh, yeah, there's always other passages, but these are some of the major ones to look at. Amen. Well, I appreciate
4: it. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, thank you for your call. We're going to try to get to a few other callers before the program ends, but thank you for your call as well as the question as well. God bless. God bless.
1: All right, who will be up next? All right, we're going to Angelina. How are you doing?
5: I'm Angelina. Thanks so much. I'm calling from New York City.
2: Wow, wow, long ways.
5: Well, I used to live in, uh, I lived in San Francisco Bay Area for about 10 years, but I was, I'm compelled to be here due to a disability court case, so I I am familiar with the Bay Area. And I'm calling regarding, um, thank you so much for the teaching regarding anxiety, um, lack of peace, you know, leading to eating disorders, um, mood instability, and sorrow, because I'm I've been praying and seeking God's will and guidance regarding a matter. What's happening for me is... I'm in a situation currently in New York City um, due to my disability and and multiple health problems where I have a lot of instability and risk of homelessness due to housing problems and increased health problems. And what I'm finding, it's triggered some unresolved past trauma issues from my past, which leads to the things you've mentioned. And um, I'm praying about what's appropriate to do uh, about it. as a Christian and what types of secular techniques to stay away from. And my insurance, which is Medicare, won't pay for a lot of things either. They're very limited in what they're willing to pay for, um, for health treatment and even for, um, it's hard to find Christian counselors, and I wasn't sure about some of the secular techniques like EMDR. But I've been praying through Psalm 37, um, Proverbs 3, and Philippians 4, um, seeking guidance and help Regarding um, the progressive sequence of mood instability due to trigger as triggers of trauma
2: yeah well and let I'm me be aware
5: of when it happens.
2: Yeah, let me try to um, give you some pointers on this uh okay, first I of all, I want to th- uh, thank you for calling. We appreciate your call. Uh, let me say this in the limited time we have because I want you to take down our number. We'll give that to you in a little bit. but have you ever heard of New life Clinic? No. Okay. When you call us back, we're going to give you our number. you have a pen and paper there?
5: Yes, I
2: do. Okay. Why don't you write down this number, 415-721-1778, 415-721-1778. Okay. Okay. And I okay. want to refer you to this, these Christian psychiatrists and psychologists. They do the okay. very work that you need. And they are Christian psychologists. And uh, I want to refer you to them because they will be able to help you. you got to get to the root in order to bear fruit. And so you got a lot of issues there that's going back to your childhood and even beyond that that we need to really get to. So uh, in the limited time we have, we only have about two minutes. Let's do this. Uh, Let's pray for you right now. And then uh, you call us. And then I want to refer you to New Life Clinic. They will really be able to help you. And they're on the radio that, that we can refer you to their program, too. And they'll be a blessing because you you need to get involved with them, but you need to be involved with the, some counseling, Christian counseling, with uh, psychiatrists and psychologists that can help you with a lot of areas, including uh, you need to be involved with uh, some women group where you can process with other women who – uh, have similar problems as you. So, Gary, let's pray for our sister
1: uh, right now. All right. <clears throat> Lord, we just lift up Angelina. We pray, Lord God, that you would just touch her and help her. Give her peace right right now. That perfect peace which surpasses all. All understanding, guard her heart and her mind through Christ Jesus, and bless her with the resources that she will need to get the help that she needs, Lord God. Strengthen her and encourage her and bless her and meet every need that's represented in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for your call, sister. We'll get in contact with you. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers. Until next time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.